Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I want to finish the Points of Passion series this morning. Over the last uh, four weeks, we've been looking at different points of passion for us uh, as a church body. Our, one of them should be worship and, and to grow and, and to, to, uh, to share the gospel. Those, those have been things that we've been talking about, what a healthy church looks like, what the fellowship of the body should look like. Well, today we're going to close this series, and I thought it was appropriate for this day to be the day of deacon ordination and talk about serve. Serve. Now, let me ask you, have you ever show of hands, let's do it this way. Show of hands, let's participate this morning. How many know the band, The Remnant Rats? Okay, I didn't think very many. Now, here's the thing. You will recognize them from, from one TV show. And that TV show is Friends. In fact, you'll see them up there. Friends, the, the song to the opening of Friends was done by a band who... That was really their only hit. And really, they have tried to downplay that hit, but they've never had another great one. They, they've continued. And, and so they, they made this song, and here's the, if you, those of you who remember the TV show, the, 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 verse, the first verse and the chorus made it in the opening. Then you don't know the rest of the song. But here it goes. Uh, first verse. So no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke, you're broke, you, your love life is DOA. It's like we're always stuck in, stuck in second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, even your year, then the course. But I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been before. I'll be there for you because you were there for me. That was the, that was the song. And uh, it was interesting, in 1993, uh, Martina Kaufman and uh, David Crane went to NBC and pitched them this TV series, Friends. And the, the show was about a group of people, singles, living in New York City with no family who would become family. And that was their whole pitch. And they would become like family because they didn't have anybody else. Well, the thing this morning is, as I, I want you to see as we look in James, the church is to be the family. When you come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you enter into a family of God. And we are to be there for each other. When we're on the mountaintop, when we're in the valley, when it's raining, when it hasn't been our day, month, week, year, whatever, we're to be there for one another. And as we look at the text this morning, I want you to understand that as the body of Christ, in order for that to happen, we've got to serve one another. We've got to be willing to, to help one another. We've got to be willing to encourage one another. We've got to be there for one another. So this morning, I want you to see the big idea before I jump into the text. The big idea is simply this. Every believer has the responsibility to serve God and others regardless of the cost. Catch that. 
every believer. So there's no ex exceptions. We all have the responsibility to serve God and others regardless of the cost. There's no retirement plan when it comes to God. We all have that responsibility. So, let's look at our text this morning. If you have your Bibles and you're at the text, let's, let me give you the first point, and I want to make it, I want you to see the, the text. The text, the point is really simple, this. What actions are you taking? What actions are you taking? Now stand with me, we'll read the first few verses of this text. Verse 14 to 19, it says this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But some will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. You may be seated. Verse 19, I was to catch that. I apologize. Let's just Here's 19. You believe that God is one good. Even the demons believe and shudder. So what actions are you taking? James writes this. Uh, it is the, James is the half-brother to Jesus. He is writing, he's one of the early writers of the New Testament, and he's writing to, the, to a Jewish group who've been dispersed because of the, of the, of the terror they have. Stephen's been stoned. Others are looking to kill them. So the church has kind of spread. And so he writes to them. And as he writes to them, he reminds them that because you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility. Your faith has actions. That's the question I want to ask you this morning. What actions are you taking? What what actions as a believer are you actually taking? In this text, we realize that faith in our hearts is only evident through our actions. The faith in our heart is evident through the action. If, if we say we believe something but never put it into action, then there's the question of do you really believe? And then if you take away faith just because you have acts of mercy, doesn't mean you earn salvation. There's a lot of good people. There are a lot of good people who do a lot of good things who will still spend eternity in hell because they do not know who Jesus is. The two have to come together. So what actions are you taking? What, what actions do you take as a believer? How are you living out your faith inside the church and out in the world? What actions are you taking? What, what, what are you doing? 
If you were to give a resume, could you talk about your acts of service? Or would you just say, I'm a member at fill in the blank? Faith requires actions. James tells us, what good is it if you have faith and you do not have actions? What actions are you taking? Let me give you a second question today. What sacrifices are you making? What sacrifices are you making? Now think about it. What sacrifices do you make for the kingdom of God? Bob Russell, pastor at Southeast Christian for years, has told this story multiple times about Jackie Nelson. Jackie Nelson was a church member at Southeast Christian. Single mom, three children, husband, never, never gave her a dime, never helped her, was a deadbeat dad. Jackie was doing all she could do to raise her three children. Southeast Christian was in one of their early building campaigns. And she and her children realized it was all they could do to give a tithe. There wasn't anything else. So Jackie talked with her children, her three children, uh, a middle schooler and two elementary school children, I believe is the age of the children at the time, and said, here's what we're going to do. We don't have any money. I don't have any more to give. We're, we're broke. We, uh, we barely make it now. But we're going to commit to praying. We're going to pray for God to use whatever he can to make a difference. And she began to tell her children that, and they, they agreed to make that commitment. Her middle school son says, wait a second, Mom. We got cable TV. She said, yes. He said, we don't need cable TV. We can turn off the cable TV and give that to the church. A middle schooler. Understanding what a sacrifice is for the Lord. What sacrifices are you making? What sacrifices do you make for God? Look at the text with me. Verse 20 to 24. James says, Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see, that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. James, in writing to the church, points out something to us. Faith requires action. Your, your faith requires an action. And we see in this text a glimpse of what that looks like, how we are to live out our faith in Christ. 
I mean, let's, let's talk about it for a second. Abraham, by the time he comes to the point where God gives him Isaac and then he calls him to sacrifice as Isaac, already has a relationship with God. His moment of taking his son to the altar is not a salvation moment. It's already happened. His moment with taking his son to the altar is a moment of faith in action. Because Abraham believed God. God had told him all that he would do for him. And then came this moment that God says, here's what I need you to do. Now take that one and only son, that son you love, that, that precious child, I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him on that altar. Faith says, yes, Lord. Selfishness says, what you talking about? You want me to do what? I can't do that. You need to call somebody else. Faith says, yes, I'll go. And we read in the text where Abraham gathers the firewood, does all that he has to do, puts it on, and goes. We even read in the text where Isaac asks about the sacrifice God will provide, Abraham says. We even read where Abraham takes Isaac and bind, binds him up and puts him on the altar, pulls back the knife to sacrifice the son. Then, then God calls. What sacrifices are you making? What, what sacrifices are you willing to do? It's interesting. This is a nominating committee. Uh, they're in their time. We're a little behind, but they're, they're calling people to ask, hey, would you serve? But one of my favorite responses that people says is, I've already given my time. I always want to respond, and, 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 and you, you guys, those of you who are church members, if you're a guest, you, you don't know this about me. I try to be, I try to guard my tongue at those moments. I don't always. But when they say, I've already served my time, I always want to look and ask them, what penitentiary did they serve in? Because the truth of the matter is, there's, I mean, you're acting like you did time someplace and you're out free. That's not a heart to serve. In fact, if that's why you're serving, here's what I would tell you. Call the nominating committee or call the office tomorrow and stop. We don't want you. Because we want people who love Jesus. Who see it as an opportunity to share Jesus. We don't want people who go to the nursery because they have to. We want people going to the nursery because they get to whisper in, in baby's ears, God loves you. You're created in his image. That's what we want. If you're doing it out of anything else, we'd ask you to stop so that we could put somebody else in the place so they could share the love of Jesus. Well, what sacrifices are you making? What are you willing to do? I've served my time. Well, that's, that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous thought process. Maybe it's time for somebody else younger. That's another one. Maybe it's some time for somebody else younger. Hey, look. We didn't do our job the first time. We didn't train a younger person. So keep doing it until we mentor and train. What sacrifices are you making? What difference 
is happening. So here's the thing. Let's, let's remind ourselves of the questions. What's the first question? What? Oh, now, now. You're better than that. What? What actions are you taking? What's the second one? What sacrifices are you making? The third one is what I want you to catch. What risk are you accepting? What risk are you accepting? Look at the text with me. James closes out the chapter in verses 25 and 26. He reminds us of Rahab. It says, in the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute who also justified by works and receiving messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without, a, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Rahab. Rahab had a lot to lose and everything to gain. She could have lost her life. But the text tells us, if you know the story of Rahab, that she knew that these men were sent by God. And that whatever she needed to do, that was greater than turning them in. Because God was greater. So she took the risk. She took the risk to do something different. What risk are you taking? Now, hear me carefully. We live in a country that there's, that uh, there are men in this room, women in this room who've served our country, who, who fought for our freedom so that, that we can talk about Jesus Christ at, at little to no risk. We don't have the fear of Rahab that, that somebody will take our life for speaking about Jesus. So what risk are you taking? Well, oftentimes people tell us that they can't do something. Oh, preacher, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a teacher. Well, how do you know? Have you ever tried? Well, no, so you really don't know if you are. How about take a risk? How about pray and see if, God, that, if that's what God wants you to do? And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to pray, Lord, help me find a way to tell them no. What I want you to do is pray, Lord, tell me what to do. And maybe he tells you, hey, I want you to take a risk and teach. What's the, what's the biggest failure that could happen there? You in the class know that you're not that great of a teacher? Guess what will happen here? You'll be surrounded with love. That's a real risk, isn't it? To be surrounded by love. With people who will appreciate the heart that you've tried. What risk are you taking? Well, Pastor, I don't... I don't know that I can rock a baby. Really? You know, listen, I, I get that. Don't, some people don't get that. I, I get that. I, for those of you who've had newborns, know I don't hold a newborn. I, I, the only newborn I've ever held was my nephew Graham, and that was because they attacked me in the hospital room, sat me down, and said, stick out your arms. And I did, and held him with sweat rolling off me like you wouldn't believe until I said, take him from me before I break him. My, our first nephew, Cable, was born. We're coming home from Kingsport with, with uh, Pam's dad. Pam goes, I realized you never held Caleb. I said, did you hear your mother talk to your daddy? I wasn't about to hold that child after the way she talked to him about holding that child. No. So I get the nervousness. But if God calls, what should you do? 
Take the risk. Take the risk. So what risk are you taking? So here's the three questions this morning. Help me with them. What? What actions are you? What? I need you to get the whole thing because you can go action. But you, you hadn't really thought about what am I taking. So what? All right, number two. Number three. Let me give you one more. What difference are you making? As a follower of Jesus Christ, what difference does it make? There'll come a moment for all of us that we'll see the end of eternity uh, or see the end of this life on this side of eternity. And, and I'll be honest, I have, I have been called by funeral homes to preach funeral messages of people who, who I never knew. Received a call one day from the funeral home and said, um, we need a Baptist minister. They, they chose that they wanted a Baptist. They've got no faith. Not sure why they chose Baptist, but they, they, they just, would you come say some words from our indication from what we hear? This, this guy and, his, and what we see, his family's pretty rough. They don't know Jesus. I always love those. I said, sure, I'll come. Because here's the difference. Those are easy. I'm just going to talk about Jesus. But here's the thing. When I do those services... There's not much I'll say about the person. Because the life they lived, there isn't much there to say. What difference is your life going to make? At the end of all of our lives, somebody's going to get up and say something. Now the question will be whether they tell the truth or if they have to come up with some lie to help people grieve at that moment. I guess they don't have to lie because I, I just tell the, the gospel. I don't even say anything about their, their life. What difference are you making? Who, who's going to be in heaven because you made a difference in their life? Who will see eternity because you served the Lord and helped them understand God loved them? Today was the day we we honor our deacons, and I'm grateful for every one of our deacons. They serve with a heart of compassion. But it's, but it's also a day for me to remember. It's, it's, a little, it's a little bit we need to be reminded of service. Because in order to serve as a deacon in the church at Glasgow Baptist, you have to, to, to commit to some things. You don't get to be asked to be a deacon without us seeing a life of service in your life. You, you have to commit and be and, and have, be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus before you can serve Jesus. And so we, we talk about that. We look at the biblical principles behind what a deacon looks like and make sure that they are living that out. And then there's some other things that the Bible teaches about deacons that we, th about, about believers that we think deacons should model. And if they're not modeling that, then we don't ask them to serve as a deacon. We ask 
and make sure that they're growing in their faith in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That, well, how do you measure spiritual growth? And that's a difficult thing. And, and we, we simply just do that by monitoring whether or not you're attending Sunday school or Bible study at least 50% of the time. That you're sitting in hearing God's Word spoken. You're active in our church services. You give uh, somewhat of a tithe. Now, I couldn't tell you what anybody makes. Couldn't tell you any of these guys. What happens is the financial secretary says, these people are eligible. That's all I know. But here's why I think we need to be reminded and ask the question, what actions are we taking? What sacrifices are we making? What risk are we accepting? What difference are we making? Is because at the current moment, we could have 27 deacons. But we only have 15 eligible. You know why that is? There's a not, not enough deacons who are spiritually growing that they're coming to Sunday school. They've come, people have come to a place where we're complacent. Apathy. I don't want to serve. We don't see them in Sunday school. We don't see them in worship. And Well, my money's tied up at the bank, in the car, the house. Listen, as a believer, if you've come to know faith in Christ, we all have the responsibility to serve. To serve God and to serve others. The question I have for you this morning is what difference are you making? What difference does Christ make in your life? Now, some of you will go and justify your actions, and that's okay. That's between you and God. But here's what the Scripture teaches us. To love God with all our heart, mind, soul. And it also tells us to love others. What difference are you making?